Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Those are the pillars, stress, sleep, community, exercise, risky substances. And then the most important pillar, probably in my book at least, is what you put in your mouth. Hello and welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast. I'm Holly Johnson, editor of Vegan Food and Living magazine, and that was Dr. Neetu Bajekol. I'll be chatting to her in part two of the podcast, and she'll be sharing her advice for Menopause Awareness Month. But first, myself and Molly discuss the thousands of places she plans to eat at during her trip to London this week, whether vegans should visit zoos or ride horses, and then we'll be reviewing some brand new products, including vegan quiche and pies, some grain pouches for when you're eating on the go, and new pizza from The Good Baker. Um, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? You're all excited, aren't you? Because you're going to I London. Am. I am. I'm going to the big smoke, the big apple, not the big apple, the big pear. <laughs> That's what it is. The big pear. Um, I am going to be a London gal. And then I'm going to Brighton as well. Oh, are you? I didn't know that. Yeah, going to Brighton and London. I'm going to London for four nights and then Brighton for two. Nice. Is this a birthday thing for Cherry? Yes, so um, uh, part of it is for his birthday. We're going to see um, a live podcast show. It's a true crime podcast called The Last Podcast on the Left. They're very, very funny, very good. Um, And yes, he loves them. So for his birthday, I got him to see that. I mean, we were just like, why don't we just make it a holiday and go for longer? So yeah. Nice. And you're going to be eating lots of amazing oh, vegan food. May I actually have I have a notes section on my phone of all the places I want to go. There are rated by emojis, heart eye emojis, two heart eye emojis means I'm going. One heart eye is just like if I've got time I'll go there. Um and yeah, I'm just going to try and go to all of them because I just I don't think I've spent this long in London in my no. whole life. Yeah, it's usually like a night or two, isn't it? And you can't yeah. get to half the places because they're actually like miles away. Um, yeah. So what are the, I love your organisation with the Oh my God, the I so know. Where, where, who's, 
What places have got two heart eye Let emojis? me just read them out. Um, so, where are we? It's there's not actually that or it's not that much but there's a few places um so holy carrot two eyes which Very i'm nice. going to i am so going that's a fine dining restaurant in knightsbridge right yes i think it's kind of like mildred's vibes where it's not like super super pricey but it's just really good food um yeah all sort of plant-based i think it's all kind of like whole food plant based as well so it's so excited about that love it um eat of eden which is if i'm right i think it's like a caribbean um i think it might be a chain or like a london chain anyway yeah i've definitely heard of that one trying to yeah think. cherry suggested that one I've, i hadn't heard of it before but i love caribbean food so yes, get me there over that um rudy's because i've never been no yeah me neither I've never been so yeah Rudy's is a vegan butchers as well they've got a couple of diners across London um and yeah they sort of do like all house vegan meats and stuff so yeah gonna pop in there for lunch one day Mildred's I've got Mildred's down because Mildred's is so nice that time when me and you went and got so pissed that was Um, (laughs) we weren't really really pissed but (laughs) don't tell anyone yeah that was really really nice at Mildred's yeah but you've been there before, so if you if you if the other ones need, yeah, that was my that's got that had one that had one heart eye, yeah, heart eye. I need to stop saying <laughs> it. It sounds weird. Um, Temple of Satan. That's only got one. I can take or leave it, but it'd be nice to try Home yeah. Slice. So Home Slice is a pizza chain. I think they've got like I say chains. It's like a London-based chain. They've got one or two restaurants. Um, it's not like a McDonald's chain um and yeah they do pizzas and I think they've just turned one of their restaurants plant-based and they're huge pizzas they're like 20 inch pizzas (gasps) and you can have it like by the slice and stuff like that um and they've got like really really um not unusual but just like lovely vegetable based toppings um which I want to go to and there is a place in Chinatown forgive me if I'm saying it wrong Teo Teo Ju I think it's called um I've just heard good things good vegan menu so if we're there we're going yeah you're gonna be busy (laughs) and I'm gonna be broke I was literally just about to say this I am going to be so poor and I can't wait uh oh I love it we'll take lots of pictures and oh my god so many pictures yeah oh brilliant I'm so jealous I think I should be going really instead of cherry I mean I know it's birthday but (laughs) it's our job his birthday was in August it's fine his birthday's gone yeah and um I love the podcast live thing that's sort of a a thing isn't it everyone seems to be doing yeah um, I don't really know how it's going to go down I think it's because they're sort of true crime um they are a true crime podcast sorry that it'll sort of be like they'll just read stories of of um I don't know like a, yeah. a killing that happened in London however many years ago well, yeah. I don't really know I think it's going to be something like that yeah um but yeah it's it'll be fun I'm excited I'll take notes see what we can do next yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it would be really scary but I'd love that like just connecting with your audience and listening yeah and, yeah it'd be brilliant 
Uh, well, we are going to be talking at VegFest, don't forget, in November. Yes. So um, make sure that um, you're there if you're listening. Um, yes. But we we were going to talk about um, something um, that comes up quite a lot about things like um, zoos and horse riding and keeping pets. It's one of those mm. things that is kind of like borderline, is it okay? And you'll get some kind of hardline um, vegans who are very anti any of these things. And then you obviously get the other end of the scale where people are like, well, I'm doing enough, you know, by cutting out meat and fish and dairy, etc. Yeah. You know, and um, so, yeah, I I mean, how do you feel about it? I, you know, is it is it okay to go to a zoo? It's 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 a it's a hard one, isn't it? It definitely splits splits the community down the middle. I think. I think with zoos, that one I'm sort of more like. I don't think I would go. So, Bristol Zoo, which has now closed, it closed a couple of months ago. I know it's crazy. It's, it's been it's, open for like what 100 years 70 years something long no yeah it was it was the second oldest zoo in the UK I believe um and I haven't been there in years and I think I went there the last time I went was about five years ago for um my little brother's birthday and I was in Bristol my mum was like let's just go to Bristol Zoo it'd be a nice day out whatever so I was like okay I'll come along um and I went in there and uh, there was I remember it particularly there was um there are monkeys or gorillas but of a monkey sort of breed and um they just look so sad just to so lifeless and just depressed and it was it was really really hard to see and I can I can envision it now I can see the monkey gorilla I can't remember what he was I can't remember that much that well obviously um (laughs) Uh, but like he just sat there and just like head up against the metal grate and just looked oh. quite I don't know it might have just might have been having a slow day I don't know but <laughs> yeah. I I know what you mean I do feel and I think you know most vegans do feel uncomfortable seeing an animal in a cage yeah um, and I don't think I'd I'd go to a zoo unless like you say it's tricky it's not necessarily like you decide to go there but say you've got I don't know say you're vegan and you've got you've got children and there's like Mm -hmm. a school a school trip or you know a a friend's you know one of their friends is having a little party at a zoo or a petting zoo you know yeah it's it's always like clear cut but I mean some of these some of these zoos are doing sort of really valuable conservation work and mm-hmm. obviously some aren't so I think maybe it's a case of sort of researching first and yeah and I think you can kind of tell as well by like how much they're charging at the door and stuff like that if it's like ridiculous amounts um then you just kind of I don't know you feel that there is an element of exploitation uh, come on Molly mm-hmm. exploitation involved um I think I've I personally have never been to Longleat, but sort of like things like that maybe are a bit more ethical where the sort of animals can roam, they're not confined to cages. It's more that like you're you're the one in a cage looking at you know yeah. these animals, not in their natural habitats, whatever. But yeah, I think that that maybe you can get away with um but yeah as you say I think it's just doing your research with zoos particularly um and just sort of making your own decision yeah there's some monkey world which isn't too far from me and I think they do some 
incredible work sort of rescuing monkeys yeah um and sort of rehabilitating them so yeah there's there's sort of yeah like you say different um different scenarios petting zoos are a tricky one um because i think you kind of feel like almost like the animals are just there living a nice life mm. but then i read somewhere that they they do sort of go on to be slaughtered um, yeah what happens in the because the, they're they're always sort of babies aren't they well this um, is it. yeah so what happens to them so yeah um i'll tell you what really struck me when um when simply vegan was a magazine Mm. um back in back the, the good days. old yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah good old days but it's great now because I get to talk to you every week there so. we go love um, that <laughs> but yeah um we did an article about horse riding and I'd never thought about it because my mum no. had horses and you know I used to go horse riding like when I first moved down to Dorset and just loved it but as soon as I read this article I was like oh my god yes like it makes total sense we're we're whipping the horse and kicking them and I was just like you know what now I'm really uncomfortable with it and it's it's a tricky one this the the woman who wrote the article had horses kept horses but Mm -hmm. she developed more of like a natural like relationship with them like living um sort of almost alongside them and so she wouldn't like ride them and stuff like that I can't remember. I think maybe she did, but it was very much like on the horse's terms because they're such intelligent animals, aren't they? Yeah. So it they, would be like... Horses, honest to God, they... I not have a fear of horses, but I'm very, like, cautious of them because they're so big. They're, like, the closest thing to, like, a mythical creature to me, which sounds yeah. sort of, like, quite strange, but... I know what you mean. They look into your soul. They're, like, so yeah. wise. They're and... so beautiful, and they just yeah. don't look like... I know there's obviously loads of other animals that kind of resemble horses, but, like, there's something about a horse, you know, especially a big yeah. horse. The really majestic animals. Yeah. My um my daughter, when she was um having um ang- problems with anxiety... um. Mm went to do a like a horse therapy course and it made such such a difference and I was thinking about how ethical that was but they were all rescue horses okay so you know um and they're you know so that they're living amazing lives and it's yeah they're not ridden they're um they kind of you're doing non-verbal communication with them so you're kind of like communicating to them that you want them to say turn left you know just like a slight like using the energy in your body so you turn sort of yeah confidently and then the horse would turn as well and and it was just incredible to watch but anyway yeah I think I think with horses as well like I don't ride horses I've I've never kept a horse in my life so I think it would be unfair for me to say horse riding or people that have horses treat them unethically and this, that, and the other. I think, you know, like anything, there is definitely cases where horses are treated badly. Um, if you're going to get a horse, it obviously, you know, adopt, don't shop. Um, <laughs> if you're going to get a horse, I mean, there's probably not many of us that are going to be going out and getting a horse. Is, a horse is... is <laughs> what is it not just for christmas horses for life yeah but <laughs> that's it, the one it applies to all pets doesn't it you know like, yeah exactly um, dogs and and cats and everything i think if you can adopt because there's so many animals out there needing homes I know, so many oh my god i've seen this oh it's literally tore my heart into two um 
I was I was on Facebook the other day and um <laughs> old school I was on Facebook and I don't know every time I say that I've got to go into a West Country accent but anyway <laughs> um time. I know and there was this Maine Coon kitty kitty kitten um and do you know like what a Maine Coon breed is like like they're huge um and this family got this cat didn't realize what Maine Coon was um didn't realize how or didn't educate themselves of how much work a kitten is and within a week put it up for adoption oh no it's just it really breaks my heart it's so like obviously me and my partner lost our kitten last year and I think when I see stuff like that it just it really breaks my heart too and I mean we hold my hands up we didn't adopt Josie we got him a breeder um but I now know like when we get our next cat eventually like we will go through the adoption process um yeah it's it's heartbreaking it's a learning process isn't it you don't necessarily know especially when you're younger and it's your first pet you don't necessarily know about these things but yeah um, my brother has a a man coon main coon um, main coon main coon cat and it is it's properly evil like it, really uh, <laughs> it scares the hell out of me it'll like <gasps> sit on the stairs and you try and get past to go up to you know it's like a dog it, it attacks you it properly <gasps> attacks you <laughs> oh no that's yeah. bad <laughs> anyway let's squeeze in some reviews before yes. the end of uh, well before we move on to today's interview which is um focusing on um menopause awareness month um we've got some new products from clive's pies um which have come out so a red pepper harissa quiche with a pumpkin seed crumb uh broccoli and pesto quiche and a coronation chickpea puff pie um their range they're priced at between 265 and 425 and available in waitrose um did you like these i like the quiches i think um quiche is quite a hard one to get right isn't it after did I did I tell everyone about my quiche fiasco a couple of weeks ago um I made a quiche from silken tofu and it was great but it just I don't know it's quite hard to replace eggs so I did like the fact that this was kind of more like vegetable based and it was yeah. kind of like a tart more than a quiche yeah not um, pretending to be egg it was kind of no like, um yeah the broccoli and pesto was really yummy mm, with the sunflower bit. seeds yeah like that a, tot- yeah. a lot um the pie I could take or leave it I'm kind of a bit of a I don't know frozen pies sometimes I also just don't know how to cook them properly they take me hours to cook were they frozen oh I froze mine you can Uh, freeze them and then you cook them from frozen I actually um I actually really liked the pie it was kind of like um it's got creamy coconut coconut and apricot and I liked the fact the chickpeas were quite firm so it gave you that nice Mm. texture and the the pastry was lovely um I think it was the raisins for me or like the apricots like the dried fruit ah you're not keen on that I don't know why normally I am but for this I don't know just didn't yeah sweet sweetness in a a I know that like dried fruits in curries and stuff like that in the stews it does it does tear people down the middle and apparently I am that person (laughs) well it's uh they're they're organic and mm. they're um 100 plastic free so even the window that you know the plasticky window yeah. is plant-based which is amazing um yeah i really like them the red pepper harissa one was too spicy for me oh, okay. um, oh really yeah oh yeah. not for you 
I'm just are just yeah. names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, isn't it? This just goes to show that, you know, it's everyone has different tastes. But um, yeah, I I really like them. I, I'm really glad that we've got more selection now. Because yeah. It was only really the Higgity quiches before, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I don't really know of any other ones. No. Another product we sampled were um, Grains and Pulses pouches by the Gym Kitchen um they're kind of ready prepped aren't they so you can either eat them cold or heat them up and they're just like a really easy option for presumably after the gym yeah I don't really know I don't know whether it's kind of if you've got a sort of trying to get more protein or whatever in your diet and you're sort of on the go yeah yeah they um they're high in fiber and protein and naturally low in fat um and include one of your five a day they're two pound at asda so i um i i don't know what i did actually find them really handy because like work has been a bit mental lately mm. hasn't it <laughs> yes it has for vegan world vegan world month world vegan month god this is what it's doing to me I can't say things in the right order yeah we've got world <laughs> vegan month coming up in November we've got Christmas and then we've got January so this is a, a crazy time for us um so I did actually find that really handy just to grab a pouch mm. rip it open and they're all like macro balanced and stuff and yeah you know, um I mean they do contain like flavorings and thickness so it depends how clean you want to go but yeah. I think brilliant lunch option when you're in a hurry and you're not you know you you haven't got time to like cook the grains yourself and all that exactly and you want to avoid something like a cheese sandwich which you know is essentially not not quite as good for you (laughs) Mm, yes (laughs) um and finally we taste tested the new pizzas from dr etka um the good baker um vegan pizza is spinach and pumpkin seeds marinated tomatoes onions and um, on a stone-baked base made with multigrain flour and oats. It's £3.60 at Asda, Sainsbury's, Ocado and Morrison's. Um, nice nice sort of healthy, thin base pizza, this one. What's, do you eat many pizzas or do you avoid them because of the cheese? Um, uh, yes and no. I think in the like last few years when I have started to just be a bit more conscious about what I'm eating, I do tend to eat less frozen food mm. um and like obviously pizzas come under that bracket yeah I think the cheese is one of the big ones for me like whenever I do have a sort of vegan pizza I'm just like I can feel <laughs> the cheese on my <laughs> roof of my mouth um but these ones were nice I feel like every now and again um if you're sort of craving that like easy pizza onion rings coleslaw all that stuff um these are a good shout yeah, they're a healthier um, pizza option. I think they are. They are nice, and I like the um, the base. The fact the base was like multigrain, and yeah. oats. Um, the the my daughter loved them, which was which is always a good sign. We her favorite though, which I avoid like the plague because it's like it, I don't know what the fat content. Are you going to say the it, Chicago town? Chicago town with the they're mad. You need crust. A- you need a mortgage to get it out as well. They're so expensive, those pizzas are. Oh, are they? They're quite, I swear they're like £4 each. Maybe oh, I'm I, being a bit ridiculous. But I think I we they... get them when they're on offer. I think we had okay. one the other day and I was trying not to eat it, but they are, yeah, they are really indulgent and really yummy. The, the bacon one is nice. 
Yes, ham, ham and bacon, isn't it? I think. A mushroom, I think. Yeah, oh, that's it, it. mushroom. That one is... I have so I have to cook my pizzas um like very well done I think and that oh, sort right. of like hardens the cheese and then it's not so claggy that's how I get away with it uh okay but that yeah I mean even my son who is really anti-vegan cheese has had this one when I tricked him and he liked it so woohoo <laughs> <laughs> love to trick my children <laughs> love that for you <laughs> such a good mother <laughs> anyway we'll have an amazing time in London Molly we oh. can't wait to hear all about it and um, anyone listening stay tuned for my interview with Dr Neetu Bejaykal who's senior consultant obstetrician and gynecologist and an author and board certified lifestyle medicine physician and member wow. of, uh, yeah, Plant-Based Health Professionals UK. She's going to be talking all about Menopause Awareness Month and what we can eat, you know, on a plant-based diet to kind of ease the symptoms and things like that. Amazing. Today, we have teamed up with Cracked, the No Egg Egg, which is the world's most versatile plant-based liquid egg replacement product, which allows you to cook a range of sweet and savoury recipes without actually using eggs. It's amazing. We love that. <laughs> That's right. They've actually made a plant-based egg that acts and bakes and tastes just like an egg. I mean, what a world we're living in right now, Molly. Vegan eggs is hard to crack, literally. The best bit is it's not actually an egg. It hasn't come from a chicken. No animals have been involved whatsoever, which is obviously better for them and the environment. It, it comes in the form of a liquid whole egg and you can literally make anything from like egg-free scrambled eggs, omelettes, Yorkshire puddings, cakes. It's such a handy product to just have in your cupboard. Do you, mm. do you use it a lot? Because I know I do. I I have used it. And do you know what? I've actually got quite a funny story to say about this. Um, I made a tiramisu um, and I was so excited. I was like, yes, I'm going to use this no egg, egg to um, make the sort of ladyfinger part of it. And the ladyfingers came out so well. They were so soft, very moist. Um, and then I was doing the cream cheese layer and I bought soft cheese instead of cream cheese. And I thought that I could sort of mask the sort of cheesy smell, um, but I couldn't. So I had tiramisu that tasted like cheese. But the lady fingers were delicious. <laughs> if you're wondering what it's made from, it's made from pea protein. So it's obviously really rich in protein. And it's also got added vitamin D and B12, which is brilliant. And it's free from 14 food allergens, cholesterol, and it's virtually fat free. Amazing. We love to see it. I know. It's available at Tesco, Ocado, Marks and Spencer's, Booze, and online from the vegan kind for £3. And um, yeah, you can find it in the chilled plant and meat substitute aisles. Uh, each bottle is equivalent to six eggs. So it lasts you a little while. And it's yeah. certified by the Vegan Society. Um, the best news is they are giving away 10 cracked the no egg egg recipe books worth £20 each, which contain some delicious recipes for making, you know, all kinds of things using this product. To be in with a chance of winning a copy, all you have to do is head to veganfoodandliving.com forward slash competitions and you can enter there. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Neetu Bajekol, who is a senior consultant obstetrician and gynecologist in the UK with over 35 years of clinical experience in women's health. She's also the co-author of Living PCOS Free, along with her daughter and nutritionist, Rohini Bajekol. 
Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking all things menopause for Menopause Awareness Month, aren't we? Hi, Nitu. Are you? Are you? Hello. Well? I am very well. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Holly. This is a real pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for taking time out from your busy schedule. <laughs> yes, I've just come back from one clinic going off to do something else. So, oh, yeah. bless you. <laughs> thank you. Well, I mean, the menopause, you know, issues around the menopause has obviously been in the news a lot lately with um, people like Davina McCall and, you know, raising awareness, which is fantastic. But not a lot of people are necessarily talking about kind of lifestyle medicine and nutrition and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's great to have you here to be talking to us about, you know, um, how we can sort of uh, ease the symptoms on a plant-based diet. Is a plant-based diet good and things like that? So shall we start with the perimenopause? So what what is this and what age does this start? Yeah. Uh, first of all, when I um, before I start talking, when we say women, I do want to include anybody who sort of identifies themselves if they're assigned female at birth. Uh, but also, I want to say that uh, it's never too early and it's never too late to bring in changes. Yeah. Uh, so don't anybody who's listening to this, whatever age you are, you might be in your 20s or 30s or 40s or 60s or 50s, doesn't matter. You're never too old and never too early to make changes in your lifestyle because they have so many benefits for general health, especially given the top 10 killers are still chronic illnesses that are lifestyle related. And that applies also to all aspects of women's health, which is one of the reasons uh, Rohini and I wrote the book on uh, polycystic ovary syndrome on regaining hormonal health. And so that's really important. It's not a different diet uh, for perimenopause or menopause or to reduce your risk of cancer or for reducing risk of heart disease. And more women die of heart disease than men, uh, but uh, it occurs in the postmenopausal age. Uh, so what happens is we tend to get less airtime. Anyway, women tend to get less airtime anyway. Mm -hmm. So uh, perimenopause is the time that is leading into menopause uh, or menopause in transition. And so um, it's anywhere between two to eight years. It can last from the time until you reach your final menstrual period. So we should start with what is menopause. Menopause is when the periods completely stop. So final cessation of periods, not temporarily, but final. And it's a retrospective diagnosis because obviously you've got to have no periods for 12 months to say that you are, are menopausal. Okay. And the time that leads up to menopause is known as the perimenopause, surrounding the menopause. So that can be usually is about four years before menopause starts, but it, the range can be anywhere between two and eight years. Now, the average age of menopause all over the world, and it hasn't changed with better nutrition compared to puberty, uh, is about 51 years of age, 51.4, I think. Now, that is just the average age. The range, however, for women that it's acceptable for to stop your periods is between 45 and 55. And so, if you are destined to stop your periods at 45 and your perimenopause, say, starts four years before, you might notice it at 41. If it starts eight years before, you can actually get these symptoms at 36. That's why I keep saying it's never too early to start bringing changes that will benefit your general health as well as your hormonal health. So perimenopause is the lead up to menopause. Two to eight years is the range. Four years is the average. And menopause is when you finally stop having periods. You need 12 months of no menstruation to be labeled as menopausal. And that occurs between 45 and 55 with an average age of 51. And you're always going to be in the menopause. Uh, so you may be postmenopausal, but you're still that 
a menopausal phase never leaves us because if the average age is 51 and the average life expectancy is 81 point something, I think, or 82 point something in the UK for women. In Hong Kong, it's 88, I think. Uh, you have over 30 years, several decades of living in this phase. So it's so important to not just prepare for it, but also live it to the fullest because it's probably one of the best times of our lives, not to be cried about, you know, because there are things that we can do to help ourselves. Yeah, it's, we certainly have a lot to contend with us women, don't we? Yes. Um, so what are some of the symptoms then of um, the perimenopause and the menopause itself? So basically, the most common symptom that most people would have heard about are hot flushes and night sweats. Um, but you have symptoms that occur in the early part, so during perimenopause and uh, early menopause. And then after six years of stopping your periods, then a whole other lot of symptoms may develop. And so the earlier symptoms tend to be hot flushes, night sweats, lowered libido, not having a desire for sex, um, also having mood changes, mood swings. Um, you know, then you can have a, about 34 symptoms have been described. So people may have ringing in their ears, uh, having a, a crawling sensation of ants under their skin known as formication. There can be uh, bladder symptoms. So usually six years, it's not hard and fast rule, but generally about a few years after stopping your periods, your estrogen levels drop quite precipitously. And so what the, even though a small amount is still made by other organs and by your skin and tissues and things, what happens is that you have something called the genitourinary syndrome of menopause, where you may notice that you're needing to go much more often, but you keep going and there is no infection. You may also be more prone to urinary tract infections because the barrier that estrogen provides has, has gone. And so you can have uh, genital symptoms, vaginal dryness, painful sex. So you may wish to have sex, but what is penetrative vaginal intercourse because of like paper-like cuts because of the lack of estrogen, the skin thins out. And so you can have atrophic vaginitis. That's known as the genitourinary syndrome of menopause. And then later on, you may have osteoporosis, increased risk, heart disease, all the things that estrogen protected you all those years from. And I also want to bring in uh, two other groups that we don't talk much about. The first group is early menopause. About 12 in 100 women will go through early menopause between the ages of 40 and 45. And that may be because of surgery. So somebody may have had a hysterectomy with or without removal of ovaries, because even without removal of ovaries, it may predispose you to the ovarian failure as well as or, you know, the ovaries not working as well. And then um, it may be because of medications or chemotherapy or just because of genetics or just a natural cause. So whatever it is, it's not talked about enough. And we think the numbers are actually more than 12 in 100. And then you have a group of women, something that I myself went through when your period stopped under the age of 40. And that is known as premature ovarian insufficiency. It used to be known as premature ovarian failure or premature menopause. And that affects about four in 100 women. And one in 10,000 women will actually never even start their periods or um, their periods will stop before they're 20. So you can imagine how much devastating consequences they can have, especially for women who may have wished fertility or just the loss of femininity, which can happen, of course, in your 40s and 50s, but it's even more when you have POI under the age of 40 and early menopause between 40 and 45. And those are important because you need specialist referral. You need to see specialists like myself uh, when you have your periods are 
misbehaving or stopping under the age of 40 because there may be other reasons that we have to do. So we have to do a detailed test. Between after 45, if you have a very good history, your GP might not need to do any further tests, but they might check your thyroid. They might do baseline blood tests to check, but there are no hormone tests. So you shouldn't be wasting money getting all these weird tests that people do and they often come and see me and they've just been, you know, cheated out of a lot of money both spending money on supplements that are not helpful as well as medication, as well as tests that are completely useless. So the symptoms as such, as I said, can range as there are about 34 different symptoms and depression, uh, lots of mental health symptoms uh, can be there. Sleep disturbances can be there. Uh, Weight gain can be there. So, you know, we could go through all the list, but really anything that you can think of can be associated um, with hormonal changes. Right. <laughs> um, so you say there's no test. Am I correct in saying this? There's no test that can sort of uh, determine whether you're perimenopausal or, or menopausal. Yeah. So, so you no, know, there are blood tests. So if you have had no periods for 12 months, if I checked your um, uh, estrogen and FSH levels, the hormone produced by your brain, there'll be certain levels, but they're not of help uh, because after 45 or if you're 50, they're not adding anything to my diagnosis. But yes, if you're under 40, I definitely do need to do that because we have to work out, do you have polycystic ovary syndrome? Do you have an eating disorder? Do you have a hypothalamic amenorrhea? Uh, are you exercising too much? Do you have a uh, another uh, chronic medical condition that's stopping your period? With, or are you pregnant? You know, these are things under 45 that you have to do a little bit much more work. After 45, some women will need tests, but we don't randomly offer blood uh, tests for hormonal testing uh, when you have a clear history. It all depends upon individualized. So, yes, there are tests, but we would at perimenopause, one minute your hormones will be normal and you're feeling terrible. And next minute your hormones will be down in its boots. And so doing blood tests to check for perimenopause is is of no use. I see. Okay, right. Yeah, because I think clinical symptoms. Right. Okay. Because I think, yeah, I um, I think I'm re- sort of I've suddenly reached the perimenopausal s- stage, um, and yeah, the doctor sort of said, you know, there's not not a very reliable blood test. So it's it's sometimes you don't know whether to believe them or not, do you? Because you're thinking, yeah. are you trying to save money? Or- <laughs> no. Now, what I think you have to understand is that what we look for the, if you're telling somebody that you're having mood changes, you're having a loss of concentration uh, or loss of focus, if you're finding that your periods are getting very crowded together, if your periods, you're missing periods and you're skipping periods when you've previously had normal periods, if you're having hot flushes, then that gives us a good sign that you may be entering uh, the perimenopause. And at that stage, you may be offered hormone replacement therapy. You may be, you may say, actually, I don't want to do that. Uh, or uh, you might want to go away and read a bit more. You have to know that hormone replacement therapy is safe. There are plenty of, uh, there's plenty of evidence to show that there was misinterpretation of studies uh, about, you know, in the early 2000s. So it's important to know that, but not everybody can take HRT. Not everybody wants to take HRT. Mm. And whether you are on hormone replacement or hormone therapy or not, lifestyle advice has to go hand in hand because you want to keep conditions like heart disease, osteoporosis, Alzheimer's, hypertension, cancers as low a risk as possible. And we know that lifestyle works, but it needs effort and it needs doctors and the wellness world to come together, not to rubbish each other on the, you know, don't take any, don't take HRT is dangerous for you or don't take the pill because it's bad for you uh, or don't take any medications or surgery because doctors are out to 
trouble you. But on the other hand, uh, the doctors uh, as such, we ourselves may not necessarily, we might either dismiss lifestyle uh, advice and not give it to you when it can make a big difference. So we really want to bring both so that you as the patient is the driver, you know, um, I want to educate and empower women, but also our job as medical professionals is to make sure that uh, you get the best advice for yours as an individual. Yeah. So when we're talking about lifestyle things, we're talking about, you know, keeping up your exercise um, and avoiding too much alcohol, things like that. What about diet? For those of us, obviously, um, for those listening who are you know, will be mostly on following a plant-based vegan diet already, what should they be thinking about? I do think you have to, again, stress about the six pillars of lifestyle. The first pillar you mentioned was exercise or physical movement. Exercise is structured movement. Uh, Physical movement is moving your body regularly. So if we are sitting here now for 45 minutes, my cholesterol levels will start rising. So really, ideally, every half an hour, you should get up and move around, do a stretch, move things. And also physical movement can involve things like gardening and housework and shopping and all that. And that should be really quite built in so that you're doing it unconsciously, getting your steps in and all that. And then you want to go for walks. But more importantly, for menopause and perimenopause, the earlier you start, the better it is because you want to because bone loss starts in your 30s. And so what you want really is to start doing strength training exercises, resistance training, planks, pilates, you know, lifting weights under supervision. These things are important from childhood because you build your bone bone bank and your muscle bank so you it's so important because sarcopenia where you have muscle loss uh, can be one of the main reasons why you lose your balance and you fall and uh, once you have a hip fracture or fragility fracture you're then diagnosed with osteoporosis and we know that osteoporosis tends to occur in slimmer women or smaller women and so vegan women may be at a higher uh, incidence of osteoporosis. So making sure that you are doing your strength training and eating lots of calcium rich resources such as, you know, green leafy vegetables and sesame seeds and tofu and soya, all these are really important and taking a vitamin D supplement. So exercise with strength training as a focus and then walks and things with your friends is really important. The second lifestyle pillar is identifying stress triggers. So, you know, everybody has stress, but once you identify menopause can really uh, increase your levels of stress. So actually, once you identify it and you acknowledge it, what you start doing is finding ways to reduce that stress, mindfulness and meditation, going for a walk in nature, laughing with a friend, whatever you need to do, you have to find a way to release your stress. Alcohol, not just cutting down on alcohol, ideally no alcohol is the best because even a single glass of uh, wine or any alcohol can increase postmenopausal breast cancer risk by 12%. And uh, about three units, after three units, it'll increase it by another 10%, another 10%. So there is no safe limit for alcohol for men or women. And you, when you drink it, you drink it very mindfully with, and it's also a source of dense source of calories uh, where you have a hundred, uh, you know, you have loads of calories in them. So, uh, and they're empty calories. They don't bring health to you. Yeah. So smoking and alcohol and risky substances should be either completely avoided or kept to a 
to a minimum. Uh, that's the second uh, thing. The th uh, fourth, third thing. So sleep, stress, uh, risky substances. The fourth is community. Actually having a community. If you're vegan, often you may not know anybody else who's vegan. So having a society or a community where you can actually feel part of something, where you feel seen, you feel understood, you don't feel like a, the other, that's really important. But also doing charity work, community work. These things are so important for feeling good. Uh, and, you know, you could do that whether you look after your grandchildren or whether you help out in a school. It doesn't matter, but doing things that give you a purpose. Yeah. And and then the, the fifth thing is sleep. So you have to learn to prioritize sleep because menopause can affect the way you sleep. Hot flushes tend to occur in those who carry excess body weight even more and those who have a high saturated fat diet. That's why when you have a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet, you tend to have lower uh, incidence of hot flushes because you tend not to be, first of all, carrying excess weight, which traps the heat and, and affects the, the, uh, the thermoregulatory center in your brain and messes around with your temperature. So one minute you're feeling extremely hot and you can have hot flushes that last, you know, for up to four minutes uh, and, and can come several dozen times, hundred times in a day. So which can be really disruptive. Uh, and so it's, we know that, you know, bringing in soya and eating especially three to four portions of soya in a day, unless you're allergic, which are very uncommon, you want to do that. You want to bring in the isoflavones. So chickpeas and kidney beans and, and tofu, tempeh and edamame beans. And a nice study showed by Dr. Barnard that uh, eating half a cup of mature soybeans every single day in a plant-based diet can reduce hot flushes by 84%. That wow, is amazing. That's incredible. And also, it is incredible. And two po and that was just a short study of 12 weeks. And it reduced hot, moderate to severe hot flushes. We're not even talking about the mild hot flushes. Yeah. So if that was a medication, it would become really popular. But I would advise people uh, against taking soya isoflavones or tablets, because you should always go for the whole food, always the plant food. The moment you put something into a tablet, unlike unless it's vitamin D and something like that, you don't you, you don't know the effect. So you're always better eating the real stuff. And also there was a very good study from Hull that showed that when you uh, eat at least two portions of, of soya, one portion is always a handful. Uh, it's about 80 grams. Uh, so you have a few, um, a, a handful of tofu, for example, if you're an adult and you have a cup of soy milk or some edamame beans, what will happen is they found that it, protects, it improves bone strength and reduces osteoporosis. So that's another win-win situation. So it's really important to understand that community, stress, sleep, so, you know, layering clothes, avoiding really hot rooms, keeping the temperature down in your room, maybe wearing a wearable or a digital appliance to know, track your sleep, avoiding caffeine, uh, especially if you're a slow metabolizer or having it before midday, Alcohol can really disturb your sleep, uh, making sure that you avoid screen time and not look at TikTok and Instagram and things, you know, just before you go to bed, uh, blue light. All these things are hypnosis can really help. Uh, acupressure can help for other um, for um, hot flushes. Acupuncture can help for hot flushes. So you want to be going for these, but avoiding these multiple supplements uh, that are often sold as helpful because we don't know how they interact. If they were so helpful, they would have gone into allopathic medicine. The re because all the allopathic medicine is plant-based. Uh, you know, previously they used to use horses urine, but generally speaking, it's, it's um, you know, from plant-based sources. So you don't want to be taking supplements that are random and are 
a promise to the world and you end up spending, you know, hundreds and hundreds of your pounds or dollars. So um, that those are the pillars, stress, sleep, community, exercise, risky substances. And then the most important pillar, probably in my book, at least, is what you put in your mouth, uh, because what you put in your mouth has a huge effect on your health. Uh, on all hormonal health, on your heart health, but also on the climate as well as in animal suffering. Now, with regard to a vegan diet, um, you can have a very unhealthy vegan diet. Uh, so what I would suggest to women is uh, to try and adopt a, as close as possible to a whole food plant-based diet, which means that you should be adding a lot of fruit rather than fruit juices. Fruit has got the fiber. Fiber is really important to metabolize all the, the right hormones in your gut. So you want to be having lots of fruit in your diet, lots of vegetables, especially green leafy vegetables that contain, which are nitrate rich, they open up your arteries. You want to have lots of intact whole grains, so red rice, brown rice, quinoa, millet, amaranth. Those are the sort of choices you want to make. And then you want to have multi-seeded bread or sourdough bread or, or brown pasta um, or uh, lentil pastas. These are much better for you. You also want to include a lot of potatoes and sweet potatoes. Ideally, potatoes should be cooked and then re, uh, put in the fridge and then reheated. And that increases the resistance starch. So it doesn't lift up the blood sugar and eat it with the skin so that the fiber is there and you actually get all the benefits. So having a baked potato for lunch, uh, you know, with uh, baked beans and, and uh, a salad and hummus is a great lunch to have, for example. So on my website, I have lots of information on menopause. So anybody who wants can just log on neetubajekal.com. There are lots of free website, uh, free uh, fact sheets on perimenopause, early menopause. What should I eat? What is lifestyle medicine? Fantastic. With um, the diet, the other important thing that you want to add are a lot of herbs and spices because herbs and spices uh, carry the most biggest antioxidant punch. Okay, so you want to include basil, parsley, coriander, turmeric, cumin, uh, you know, think of any spice is good for you. You know, same thing with nuts and seeds. And you want to also have a handful of nuts and seeds. You want to try and minimize the amount of salt, sugar and oil in your diet, because oil, especially if you're carrying excess weight, can come with, um, you know, a dense source of calories, uh, 120 calories for which you can have a big salad or a, or a big potato with uh, a salad. So you just don't want to be having large amounts of oil. You would rather get your healthy fats from avocados, nuts and seeds. I would also suggest a couple of tablespoons of flaxseed powder and chia seed, uh, which has been ground, because that also helps with the omega-3s, helps with hot flushes. It has lignan similar to soya. And, and reduces your risk of breast cancer, just like soya does. Don't be scared. I know in the vegan community, there's a lot of scare uh, mongering about soya, but soya is a very healthy bean. And I would strongly recommend, unless you're allergic to it, to include it in your diet. Brilliant. Oh, so we don't have to give up the tofu quite yet. <laughs> That's no, great you should eat a lot of it. Oh, you've been amazing. I mean, that was a real whistle-stop tour of, you know, everything menopause. But um, yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very helpful to know that, you know, we don't necessarily need to spend a lot on supplements and it's just kind of, I guess, just being mindful of all these different aspects of your life, isn't it? Yeah. I also don't want people to be afraid of hormone replacement therapy. You know, just because you're vegan, you, nobody's a perfect vegan. And so it's important to know that, um, 
you know, taking medication is not a failure. It can actually save your life in many situations. And that includes uh, medications like hormone replacement therapy and the contraceptive pill. It's an individual choice, of course. And of course, it may not be a choice to you if you already, you know, had issues. You know, if you uh, uh, have somebody who's been diagnosed with a cancer or have a clotting issue, then of course, those situations are also different. But I just want people to be aware that there is help available and there are plenty of good health professionals around. Yeah, definitely. Well, Neetu is, um, like I said, a member of the plant-based health professionals. So there's also lots of information over on their website. Um, but as you said, com has loads of recipe ideas and um, you're on Instagram and TikTok. I'll have to check that out. I'm, I'm not... Yes. <laughs> You don't have, it's more to reach the younger generation. I do talk a lot about menopause on it. Uh, And also, I think what is important to uh, plant-based health professionals is doing an amazing job. And their website has got a range of fact sheets that are so easy to access. They're free again. And so you can really find a lot of help. So I hope that your audience would have found this helpful. I know it's a lot of information, but, you know, in a short amount of time, I hope I've stimulated their interest. Definitely. Yeah. Well, the good thing about a podcast is you can kind of pause and rewind. So (laughs) just to take it all in. Thank you so much, Neetu. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me, dear. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Simply Vegan podcast. We'll be back again next Thursday. In the meantime, you can visit veganfoodandliving.com to catch up with all the latest vegan news and get lots of tips and advice for living your best vegan life. Um, Don't forget to like and subscribe. It really helps us to keep going as well as sharing this episode with a friend if you think it might help them or they might enjoy it. Thanks for listening. And as always, you can email us at simplyvegananthem.co.uk with any feedback or questions. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.